You're listening to Work Tape, episode 10. With me today is another one of our hosts, Jeff Hall. Hello. How are you, is everyone doing? I think everyone's doing all right. I'm going to answer for them. I think I think they're doing all right. Mitch is not with us today, but he will be with us in other episodes. So today, what do you want to talk about, Jeff? Um, we can start with a basic introduction to punk. All right, then let's talk punk. Okay, let's um, talk punk. What do you know about the origins of punk? As far as I remember is Velvet Underground paved the way for punk. Okay. And Stooges and MC5, that proto-punk out of the early 70s, even as early as the late 60s. So like the Iggy Pop sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He counts as like proto-punk, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. And uh, Iggy and the Stooges, and that kind of paved the way for when punk was really at its peak, which was like the late 70s up until the late 80s. A good 10 years of just really, really good punk bands. You got uh, your hardcore bands, you got your, you know, street punk bands, you've got peace punk bands, anarcho, um, you got surf punk. There's all kinds. There's horror punk, misfits, and there's even cramps. And it's kind of... So punk has always had a, an extremely strong theme element to it, right? Yes, or, it or is does. that just more of a, a modern thing, like a new thing? Has punk almost always been very thematic? Yes, I believe even back then um, they were kind of themed with what kind of music they were playing. And they always had a label. Uh, it sounds kind of contradictory because mm-hmm. uh, punk, you want to say, oh, there's no labels, but there is <laughs> labels in it. I mean, you're either this kind of a punk band or this kind of a punk band. What was a country that you know of that it started in? Was it a UK thing? That's or an a American big, thing? big um, debate. Debate. Yeah, debatable question. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, punk rock started in the late 70s with Sex Pistols in England. And then, other people saying, no, it started in the Ramones and in the New York scene. So it's kind of like rock period where they yeah. kind of argue about where it started. I feel like it did start in America, though, because I, I did mention that in a previous podcast where rock was started in America. But you know how Britain always does something with what we do. Yeah. I don't want to quote anyone, but I will have to. In SLC Punk, mm-hmm. the Americans, we did it faster and a lot louder and a lot better. And we, like uh, New York, huh? Like yeah. New York for sure. We did it with a lot more soul, I want to say. Okay. We yeah. I would agree with that. A lot more of that anger. Like <laughs> that you just can't find in, in UK punk. I mean, you, like mm-hmm. Crass, they have a lot of very powerful songs with uh, a lot of energy and anger and stuff like that. But when you listen to American punk, it has a certain flair to it that you just can't get in, in England. True. So that is a thing, which, like I said, I hinted in that podcast for sure. I definitely want to elaborate on it now. But the fact that I think that UK's uh, Brits, or hopefully it's not derogatory. I think it's a normal term. The Brits, no, they, I think they did perfect rock. Oh, yeah. Which is what I said. I absolutely kind of agree with that. Beatles and, yeah. Oh, yeah. They perfected rock. There are rock subgenres that are great. Like, I mean, like, you know, you listen to Bush. And how they parodied Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually like Bush. I actually really like Bush. Yeah, they're a great band. Yeah, you know. Glycerin and <laughs> right? good tracks. Good, good songs. <laughs> um, but while there are some subgenres, I think America definitely did it better. I think the Brits for sure perfected rock as a whole. And one of those areas easily topped is the punk era. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you can get into your, uh, your misfits and all of that. We could talk about Wire. Oh, wait. Wire is a UK punk band. I was thinking of... Uh, Who's that band? They're from Oregon. They're called, oh, the Wipers. Oh, yes, the Wipers. Yeah. I played the Wipers with you mm-hmm. whenever I go to your place and yeah. I'd play them, but I love the Wipers. But most UK punk, I definitely prefer. Uh, okay. Despite the amazing punk bands that we have, I don't know what it is. I feel like they the have a UK, certain flair that you like. Yeah, the UK, I feel like it was a harsher environment. I haven't even been to Britain. I just feel like, isn't it colder? It's colder and there Overcast. is a lot more dreary stuff to to sing about, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I know people from the UK. Even with the OI stuff, like working class, right. you know, boots and braces and… The stereotypes, yeah, right? Yeah. But they're not, they're not too far from the truth though, right? No, no. It's very dreary and very… Right. And so I think that that has made some of the most interesting art is the depression. Yeah. And just kind your of, environment kind of defines yeah. your music. 
I almost always feel like when it comes to rock, for sure, like rock, because reggae is a totally different genre. It came from a hot region. Yeah. It's totally different. Down in the islands. Yeah. yeah. And people don't even talk about like the darker side of reggae, like the darker, edgier sounding reggae. Hmm. Listen to Peter Tosh. Um, but uh, when it comes to rock, for sure, I think usually the colder environments are the best. Yeah. Like look at Seattle, look at Oregon. And yeah. Like- Exactly. All right. the bands coming out of there, Modest Mouse. and Right. So I almost feel like it's not even always north. Or sorry, I don't always think it's east versus west. I kind of think it's of a, a north versus south thing. Yeah, sometimes. cold versus hot. Right. And I feel like UK is technically a, you know, it's part of the northern hemisphere. Yeah. And so the northern climate. environment, right, makes it just a little bit trickier to probably enjoy your life. <laughs> I think it's pretty there. I just feel like I couldn't live where there's no vitamin D. Or if there yeah, is, gotta there's have definitely a sunshine. Lack of- Right? Give me that sunshine. Right, but you know what happens is when you get that sunshine, I almost feel like it makes you lazy artistically. You kind of just want to lay in the sun and not do anything. Just (laughs) kind of suntan all day and (laughs) give me my margarita. But I totally totally derailed it. But yes, kind of the the precursor to kind of why UK punk is UK punk. Kind of elaborate on that because I mean, it is definitely one of my favorite subgenres because we could talk about post-punk, which this is definitely going to get into that. Yeah. You are our alternative guy here at JWYL. Also, work tape. Telling you there's over probably a hundred different subgenres in punk. Punk has got one of the biggest subgenres in music in general. It just has like subgenre after subgenre and it can branch out to a huge umbrella. It's just, it's crazy. So how did you get into punk? Because your background is more into jazz and blues, right? Uh, that was after I got into punk. I was into punk in, in about seventh grade and started out with, you know, like there's pop punk, which is like no effects, rancid. And I honestly, I listened to that because my brother listened to it. And I really looked up to everything he did. He got me into playing bass and then eventually guitar. And I followed in his footsteps. But then I went one step further, like I always do. And I got into more of the actual punk, like the exploited, um, see the unseen, and like just more true punk, not the pop punk, the actual underground, really, really obscure 80s punk bands from UK and from America, like Minor Threat. You got all that kind of stuff. and. Just kind of went from there. Like and then Bad Brains with like the hardcore bad brains, scene. Yes, in, uh, that's DC? Hard, DC hardcore. Yeah, Minor Threat, Bad Brains. Um, and there's also... What the, about that's, Scream? Did you like Scream? I don't know if I'm familiar with well, that. Well, I mean, right. We're going we're gonna to be plugging about Dave Grohl. Um, sorry, <laughs> but I know he drummed in the band. I don't remember what number of drummer he was for the band, but he definitely played with them at least okay. for who knows how long, right? Huh. Um, and then we could even get into Husker Du, you know, Husker du, you yeah. told me you weren't that big on them though. Not too big, but I mean, I, right. I can, I can listen to them. They're listenable. And there's another thing is the East and West coast mm-hmm. punk in America. You got the, like you were saying, the DC hardcore scene on the East coast, which is more heavy or very short screamed vocals. And then you have the West coast punk, which is more like the surfy kind of punk, right. um, I guess catchier and not as like extreme. So Black Flag, Adolescence. Black Flag. The Germs. The Germs, yeah. Yeah. Um, The West Coast, I always think of Dead Kennedys. I always bring them up. They're a good mix of hardcore and surf punk. Like East Bay Ray's guitar riffs are just… Don't they kind of feel like they have like this post-punk flair to them sometimes? A little bit, yeah. They did a lot of stuff that was out of the ordinary with punk. Like they weren't basically just doing power chords here and there. Like they had a lot of like technical aspects to their songs. And that was always due to East Bay Ray. His guitar playing, his surf tone, and his way he did his solos and just the way he played, it gave a lot of uh, dynamics to the Dead Kennedys, which makes them one of the the better... That's why I like American punk more than UK is just due to the Dead Kennedys. That band is by far the best punk band in America that ever came out. And that's my opinion. I know people are going to disagree with that, but... I typically like East Coast and North bands, but Dead Kennedys, from what I've listened to, whenever I, you know, gave them a try, really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Because I'm, I'm pretty picky when it comes to, like, Southern punk, honestly. Yeah. You know, um, not, it's always a Southeast. Whenever we say Southern, they're always talking about, like, Florida and Georgia. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, geographically Southern, at least in rel- relation to America all the way from the lower half of California all the way to Florida. But I guess technically they're Northern Punk because California yeah. is so long. They're up in uh, they're the East Bay. 
Yeah. They're up in France, San Francisco. They're area. from Mama's and Papa's territory. Yeah, they sure are. They got that hippie flair to them too. Yeah, Jefferson Airplane, which we'll have to talk about another time. But yeah, I don't disagree with you with Dead Kennedys from just from my opinion alone. And the UK punk, there's a band, uh, Subhumans. Okay. I consider I like them, heard of them. They are the UK's version of the Dead Kennedys. Okay. They have that same skill level, same dynamic that the Dead Kennedys have, but they're from the UK. So I don't know. That's a funny way to compare them. <laughs> so you said Crass was the first one you got into or just they're just your favorite? They're my favorite. But okay. it's uh, the first punk, real punk band I actually ever listened to is probably The Exploited. And they're from the UK. Okay. And they are uh, just basic UK oi punk, I guess. You want to call it oi oi. <laughs> right. The uh, the oi era. What, what era is that from? Uh, late 70s, early 80s. Kind of came out of England, like working class. Like... Boots and braces. <laughs> and it's not, people will think of it as like racist skinheads, but it's not really racist. It's actually um, racist. Like and, and I can hang, you know, it's chill. <laughs> it's chill. It was more of a, um, <laughs> like a gang kind of thing, if anything. Um, race wasn't even a part of it until the National Front got involved and kind of corrupted the whole skinhead movement, which originated in England in the late 70s, early 80s. But that was until the National Front corrupted it all. You mean like uh, when it got affiliated with the, the Nazis? Yes, exactly. The gotcha. National Front was the, the racist aspect of it. But there was a lot of punk bands that were uh, considered oi or skinhead. They were not racist at all. It was just a political kind of movement, like a working class stick together and this is what you do. You mean there are white people who aren't racist? <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> Oh, hey, I didn't even realize you were white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty white. <laughs> oh my God. I'm Polish. <laughs> Well, by this episode, people kind of know the attitude here. So if this is your first time listening, listen to the other ones. Um, <laughs> we're all good here. Actually, we're pretty bad, but it's all good here. It's all um, good in the neighborhood. All good neighborhood. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I, I always I always found it really interesting. We were talking about this even off air um, about the uh, the political scene of punk, how it's almost yeah. always a politicized. It's very political. Yeah, punk rock genre. and politics go hand in hand. Like, but how is it always like someone who's extremely red? There's a punk band for it. Someone who's extremely blue. There's a punk yep, band for it. Or there's, fascist. There's a punk band for that. Yep. Uh, or punk anarchy. Yeah. Follows with all of it. They can have uh, like there's even Christian punk bands. There's uh, <laughs> oh anti-Christian punk bands. <laughs> I there's... thought we we're gonna use that for later, but I guess that's a precursor, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, anti-Christian. Okay, that sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, most punk rock though is <laughs> based on uh, you know you see the anarchy symbol, like no government. You mean like the A? Yeah, the A with the circle around it. Isn't that like the atheist A? Uh, no, it's it means anarchy, like no government. Yeah, much okay. freedom. Um, which is a terrible idea. It will never work because humans are evil and they will continuously kill each other and murder each other. My goodness. See, this is why I wanted to start a second podcast uh, <laughs> because I wanted to talk about like morals. Oh, yeah. I don't think you should hide who you are. I, th I think it should be really who you are. So if you are a murderer, just be a murderer. Yeah, right? just go ahead and murder. Go ahead and murder. No. Murder everyone. Oh, no. Yeah, no. This, this, yeah, we I don't think, condone I, murder here. I think you and I both follow Christ. So, so we'll definitely be talking about the Christian music. That was the area that I wanted to cover, but we'll, yeah, we'll keep on the punk for a bit. But there's some Christian punk bands like what? It's pop punk usually? Uh, no, there's some traditional like… Okay. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe what makes punk punk. What makes it punk? Why is it considered punk? Is it power chords? Is it the energy? Or is it the attitude? Is it the clothing? Is it? Hmm. I think that's one thing that has always baffled me is like, why is okay. that considered punk rock? I think most of the time… Like with everything, it's the attitude first. Yeah. But then again, there's also punk music that's not even political at all. Oh, yeah. Like the Cramps. Um, right. They have a lot of like… That's like the horror punk. Right. They make their songs based upon like 80s horror movies and like kind of science fiction topics. And it has nothing to do with government or anarchy, but it's still considered punk. Okay. Right. By stylistic standpoints, like the way that their chord progressions go… The way that their hmm. lyrics are sung and the way that they just carry their whole song. Okay. For me, um, because I am obsessed with pop punk. And yes, I listened to Reliant K. Reliant K was my Blink-182 growing oh, okay. up. Okay. I was not… Yeah, I didn't get into not Blink. Not into Blink? No, and I like Blink. Me too. I really like Blink, yeah. I used to like um, them. But I learned all my Blink-isms from Reliant. 
And I had people who... <laughs> Blinkology. Blinkology, right? I yeah. had people who didn't like... You know, there are tons of people who don't like uh, Reliant K and Switchfoot, but I don't really care. I mean, they were my versions of like Foo Fighters and Blink before I found out who those bands were. So oh, okay. that's why that's I can your do... That's precursor to... Yeah, that's why I can do the Foo Fighter and Blink sound pretty well because I'm so familiar with it through Switchfoot and Reliant K. And so... It's just one of my favorite parts of yeah. like childhood and MXPX. Oh yeah, MXPX. I yeah. remember listening to them a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but we have to, you know what? I liked what you're talking about. I want to go back to it because we could totally get into pop punk and lit and all yeah. that stuff. We need to go to the roots. And you were kind of trying to define what punk is. Yeah, what makes it punk? Like okay. why do you call this song punk and this song not punk? Or mm-hmm. like what is what about it makes it punk? So I have a thought. First off, You talked a little bit about proto-punk and and I'm somewhat familiar with that. But what I find really fascinating is how pop and punk, since we just talked about it a little bit. Pop punk? Yeah, it tends to be an oxymoronic. Yeah, because you think with punk, it's supposed to be underground and kind of rebellious against the whole pop. Yes, but don't people, here's where where it gets interesting. So punk, it's American origin, right? Or was it? Um, Yes, I I consider it American origin. Sure. But here's the thing. Were Ramones really the first punk? It wasn't them, right? No, it goes beyond that. That's what I you thought. You can look back to the Velvet Underground. Right. Some of their songs were considered punk. I was just going to mention alternative. <laughs> I was just about to mention it because they're both different. Both alternative and punk are different. And I know that they merged together. And then, you know what I mean? They they Then then it, I think I think Even, punk is what launched alternative into yeah. Like it just got cooler after that, right? And like I said, it goes back into like the sixties with like the whole um, you know, Woodstock. Okay. Like a lot of that stuff was I'd consider it punk. It's rebellious. Right. It's uh kind of got aggression. It's got mm-hmm. like a lot of uh, political lyricism and mm-hmm. it's it's punk. It's punk. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. I mean it may punk. <laughs> and then after that you got MC five, mm-hmm. check out the jams. That's that's punk to me too. And then Okay. Stooges and Stooges. So Stooges, I think, are a good place to start. That's a very good Maybe place. Maybe even the Who. Even the Who. It can go back as far okay. as that. It's well, just about more about the attitude, like you were saying. The right. attitude and then mixed in with the uh, I guess like the instrumentation. Right. Makes punk punk. Well, you know punk. what? Okay. So you know, if I were to oversimplify um styles of music, you know what I think drives punk more than anything? The drums. The drums, yes. That's the, the, just yeah, some people, I don't know how they feel about that. The I, blast I, beats. People are just rolling their eyes right now. But for me, with almost any genre of music, what is it? Is music rhythm or is it the or is it the, the chords and melody first? And it's like, well, melody's pretty universal from every genre. Yeah. Like you could put the same kind of melody on any song and it yeah, works, and right? It works. You can you trans- can even use the same chord progression on almost any song yep. that works. But the drum beat, no. Drum beats are kind of unique to song genres. Yeah. And there's a reggae beat. There mm-hmm. is a bossa nova beat. Bossa nova beat. Right. All so, kinds. And since punk is built on the uh, the stereotype of the band, the standard of having a band, yeah. to even in whatever, pianist, guitarist, whatever, but typically it's very guitar driven. Yeah, guitar, bass, drums, guitar, vocals. Bass of some sort. Four piece. Right. But bass guitar usually. And then um, drums. So let's just take that format. Like the trio. Let's just take a trio. Right? Okay. Because sometimes they do have a lead guitar. Yeah. Even organ. I mean, organ. Yeah. X has a right. organ in it. Um, in that one song, right. The Unheard Music. Yeah. So it doesn't <laughs> It doesn't always really matter the instrument. But I'm, I'm telling you though, I have to say, and even though there is some punk music that, you know, they it's unplugged and they don't use the, the kit, I have to say almost always... Punk is really based on instrumentally on the drums, so to speak. Yeah. And it's got that certain beat to it. Yeah, it's a give or take. The big cat, little cat, big cat, little cat. But, but right. Oh my gosh, that's great. But now back on the drums part, um, when you like the Who and uh Stooges, you can kind of hear it in the backbeat of like proto-punk. Mm-hmm. The drums are pretty unmistakably the punk beat anyway, yeah. but they didn't really consider it punk. And then by the time, time, right. And then by the time it actually was punk, it was just, it was that kind of that and usually faster, right? Yeah. Or, you know, very thrashy, you know, what would become thrash in like the 70s and 80s, right? I think thrash is an 80s thing, right? Late 80s, early 90s. But the drums are almost always the main focal point instrumentally if we're talking about punk. Yeah. And kind of is what drives the song and gives it that energy. 
Yeah. Kind of like the fast energy. The faster, that's what they always used to do. The faster, the better. Right. Faster and louder. Like Black Flag, <laughs> play fast, play loud. But we were talking about proto-punk. And so what I find really interesting about the Ramones with pop and punk kind of being the antithesis. The Ramones were actually pretty popular. But I was going to mention A lot of their that. hooks. They have right. a lot of… The New York glam, the glam scene. Basically, they sped up rock and roll. Right. And they distorted the guitars a little more. And that was the Ramones. And that was punk rock. Right. And and that's it the was weird more thing is rock with these right and that's the thing punk is a subgenre rock, and of rock but I don't understand especially with punk elitists how they down on pop a lot when yeah. I feel like if you're gonna call it a song and we talked on uh, um, we talked about it at another time you know again this is your first episode so I feel like we're kind of brushing up people on what we've talked about before you got on here there's a format aspect of a genre and then there's a stylistic aspect there's the attitude mm-hmm. aspect but with punk we just kind of talked about the style a little bit but the attitude of a song is usually a pop format yeah it doesn't mean it's bubblegum pop but what it means is that there's a verse and a chorus, and it's typically got, it follows the traditional um, dynamics, a yeah, right. template of a song. Right, it's what kind of structured. It's actually really structured because yeah. progressive typically Otherwise, isn't you structured. Just have some atonal nonsense that doesn't yeah. have any flow. So, so there is a pop make aspect, punk kind of pop to begin there is, with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh gosh, this is people are gonna Which get so is, mad. At this. Um, <laughs> a lot of the stuff with Crass too, like they had a lot of very unorthodox songs. I guess quote unquote songs. Right. They were um, just spoken word or they were just not following any traditional format. Very free form, almost free form jazz in a way. Hmm. Like it was uh, kind of avant-garde at the time. And they would just have shouted lyrics over like a random assortment of chords and bass lines. And it was, that was their song. Well, I guess was it, I, was it like Fagazi experimental? <laughs> it was a long, a lot along the lines of that. So yeah. Fagazi, would you think is closer to home to almost traditional punk in a lot of yeah, ways? Fugazi's more, uh, more, I guess, traditional. Yeah. Fagazi's like, yeah. Fugazi I, is, I honestly put them, I personally put them, I know they're not dead Kennedys. And yes, I think that Kennedys are more of, Punk Kings versus Fugazi. Yeah, but, but I Fugazi feel like you came out of Minor Threat. About, yeah, okay. Ian from Minor Threat right. started Fugazi after. So it still has that hardcore element to it, which right. gives it the punk sound. I think it's hard to even talk about punk without even mentioning them. Yeah, you or, have to. Aren't Public Image LTD, aren't they? That was uh, John Lydon's project after uh, Sex Pistols. Yeah, See, dude, I'm just, I'm getting into like the side projects and the uh, super groups. <laughs> uh, Johnny Rotten, as most people know him by Johnny Rotten. Johnny Rotten. Mm. Yeah, Mr. Rotten. It was his, uh. The temptation to get so political with this. Well, we're not. <laughs> Too bad. We're, we're, we're uh, taking a far left, far right, whichever, yeah, whichever no. one. <laughs> <laughs> Up and down, left and down. Now right. we're taking a U-turn. We're going the opposite direction. Yep. <laughs> But Johnny Rotten, yeah. He was the lead singer of Sex Pistols. Okay, yeah. got it. Who were the other guys? Because I don't uh, know. Sid Vicious and Mick Jones and I forget the drummer's name. So there are four people. Yeah, there's four. And Sid Vicious was a terrible bass player. They <laughs> basically, this is why I don't well. like the Sex Pistols as much. Is right. Because they used Sid Vicious as an image. They wanted him as the punk image. He was the poster boy for Sex Pistols. He had the leather jacket. He was mm-hmm. always uh, smoking cigarettes and drinking. And he was just a rowdy guy. And they wanted to use him just for that image, even though he didn't play the bass very well or even know how to play the bass for that matter. But they would have him up on the stage and unplug his amp mm-hmm. just to have him for you know, a stage presence. And that's one thing I did not like about that uh, Sex Pistols. Because it was kind of, kind of cheap for like the listener, like just kind of, like almost a sellout in a way. Like, oh, they're just gonna use him for his image. He doesn't even play an instrument for his public image. Yeah, his public image. Oh. Yeah, you know, you're worrying, you're worrying about it, but why, why should you worry about it when you should never mind the bullocks? I know. <laughs> on a holiday Do I have to censor that? Do I have to censor that word too? <laughs> I guess, I guess because part of the name, it's okay. Yeah, yeah we can decide. <laughs> Maybe in British radio, we'll get, uh, we'll get censored bullocks for that. Is- Bad, <laughs> but Americans, it's okay. <laughs> if it's a swear in another language or like it's derogatory in another language, I guess it's clean in yeah. the opposite language. <laughs> um, yeah, that was just one thing that was kind of off putting to me with Sex Pistols was that one reason with Sid Vicious, he's not really a musician and 
Not saying that punk is like the most complex of genres to to master. No, but, but we, still, well, we, like, we have with Kennedy's and Fugazi and a lot of other that's, acts. All that is very, very complex yeah. for punk rock. It's We'll very, have to have another segment on that because there have been some amazingly innovative punk bands that have mm-hmm. actually... Um, Especially post-punk. Like Bad magazine. Brains too, right? I mean, Bad the Brains, ones they that, that mix funk what? and... Reggae yeah, elements? Reggae, yeah, reggae, funk, and um, they were very talented as well. Yeah. And that's what kind of got me into a lot of those kind of bands is their technical level of their instruments and mm. that they were willing to do to push it to the limit. Kind of take in other genres and mix it with punk rock. Okay. And see what happens when you put it into the, stir it in the pot. So the Ramones, their heyday were the mid, late 70s, right? Or is it early, uh, mid 70s? Yeah, they were up until the mid 80s. And then, but yeah, they were, but their start 79 was, was probably like their biggest, best year. Okay, so mid, late 70s was their heyday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially. So before that, because we talked about Velvet Underground and kind of punk's what the heck? Did it basically branch off from alternative, but then get reinserted back, like grafted back yeah, in like a tree? Yeah, kind of like it's a kind of weird. Branched off and came back. Wow. Velvet Underground were, I guess, their alternative mm-hmm. in, back in the day, but a lot of their stuff, like White Light, White Heat, mm-hmm. uh, Lou Reed stuff, a lot of it was, I guess, it was stylistically considered punk rock because of like the the rhythm, the guitar, and the the tone of it all. You could consider it punk. Gotcha. No, that that I kind of feel that way. <laughs> Lou Reed. Ah. Uh. Lou Reed is amazing. Amazing songwriter. Yes. God rest his soul. God rest his soul. <laughs> so um, back to Velvet, because that era was at least mid, but I know definitely late 60s, mm-hmm. you know, when uh, Jimi Hendrix was taken off. And then, ah, oh, so sad. Gone so soon. But, yeah, you know, wasn't around. I don't have a personal relationship with it. But man, what could have been? I think about that sometimes. But but um, Jimmy did set the, the 70s sound for oh, sure yeah. with that. And Black Sabbath and, you know, Led Zeppelin. But mm-hmm. kind of back to the Velvet Underground, it basically means even amidst like the proto-punk and all of that, punk to me is definitely a 70s product. Yes. And was I it wholeheartedly agree pa- with that. Patty Smith, right? Was she one of Patty them? Patty Smith, yes. Yeah. So Patty Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clash. The Clash. Oh, yeah. The Clash. And they even branched off. They got the, into the a lot of reggae. Thing. Yeah. A lot yep. of dance, like dancey rhythms, I guess you want to consider it. Mm-hmm. They really took it and ran with it. They were awesome. I love the Clash. People forget how much these bands were, so, how punk used to be pretty innovative. Yeah. Back in the 70s yeah. and 80s, they did a lot of really interesting stuff that people nowadays are still kind of elaborating on and copying. Almost catching up, do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. La Peste, even though I don't know if you listen to La Peste. I don't know if it's La Peste or La Peste, but I guess they're a French band. They're pretty good. Hmm. Um, I think they're from the 70s. But most of my favorite punk for sure. And I think it's the same between you and me. Even though 80s punk is really good. Yeah. Um, wow. It, it amazes me the style change. But I think I still have quite a love relationship with 70s punk. Yeah, me There's too. There's something about it that's just so... The Damned. You got like... Yeah, The Damned. All that kind of stuff. And- um, oh, there's so many. But a lot of my favorite punk bands are even... um. They're definitely just like post-punk acts because sometimes they're a bit synonymous. I noticed yeah. that. I don't know how you felt about that. I always found it was interesting that people would call it post-punk, but I was like, okay, but it's still basically punk, but it's also not. Um, I guess what I would consider post-punk was more um, the range of instruments that they brought to the table. They had more electronics, uh, more keyboardy parts, a uh, lot more, um, yeah. more, more of that electronics. It's almost like punk meets new wave. Like okay, but in so, a way. but new wave. See, that's another <laughs> term. Which new wave yeah. is is a subgenre of alternative. Yeah, the new wave. Right, and so this is why you always hear alternative punk, new wave, even goth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, even goth. Yeah, like, I know. The, that's the, another thing we have to touch base on. What I'm saying is, we can get so cure. distracted, and we're oh, already distracted. Bauhaus. I think you and I have ADHD, right? <laughs> yes, I okay. think we do. Okay, I think well, we I'm do. so sorry to everyone else. <laughs> oh gosh, um, go goth. Oh goth. <laughs> I consider these puns to be a minor threat to the grand picture. I would laugh so hard if grand picture is a band, a punk band. Uh, It might be. Who knows? (laughs) Um, So this this is what I'm gathering is that with each era of punk, there are so many subgenres. Yes. It's probably best to tackle punk by decade. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. I think it's a better way to tackle it. Yeah, 70s versus 80s versus even 90s. Right. Because ska even is a product of punk, I'd say. Product Mm, of reggae and punk. It started with reggae first. Yes. But yes, it, it I was going to say, don't. <laughs> no, it's so funny. I know you're like, you're like on eggshells with me. I'm so <laughs> sorry. But uh, back to the 60s and having to kind of define punk by the eras, the velvet. 60s. Yeah. I'd velvet say. Underground. 
And even though I know Velvet, like Alternative is way different than even The Who and what was, was the event? They really were the underground. Yeah. Okay, sure. And But even Stooges, I feel like Stooges are an alternative band in a way because they do remind me of of um of Velvet mm-hmm. a little bit. But oh, yeah. they also remind me of like the classic rock of the Stones yeah. sometimes. So it was that whole New York scene. They were all kind of intertwined together. Yeah. Like the Velvet Underground, the Stooges, Ramones. Even Bowie, I think, at one point was involved yeah, with, right. he's with a, Iggy Pop. And, he's an alternative king. Yeah. You know, but but absolutely Stooges, though. Something about Stooges, just because even with Iggy Pop, <laughs> I swear, Iggy Pop and Morrissey have so much in common. The ego oh, and the, taking off their, their shirts. shirts. Yes. The shirtlessness. <laughs> yes. Except I think Iggy Pop's in better shape than Morrissey. Oh, no. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, he is a little pudgy, huh? Yeah. Just no shame in the dad bods out there. <laughs> <laughs> so back to that uh, Stooges and everything. I feel like um, with Stooges, they are that punk attitude. And Iggy Pop, again, like we're talking about Iggy Pop, he seems to really have a handle on that punk aesthetic. Like to yeah. me, he's probably one of the most punk people I've ever witnessed in music history. Oh, yeah. For sure. He was almost in different waves, if you will. I feel like he really lived through all of that. Yeah. But even Garage Rock. Actually, Garage Rock is probably a really good example of that punk scene. The proto-punk. Yeah, the way. leaves. You know, basically the the strokes kind of the strokes rip off of the, that. Yeah. Bit. yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> I like the strokes too, but they rip off of it. But that garage sound is drive. It drive. It's very drivey. Yeah, it's, that's what. Uh, it's they, the same sound that Queens of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really like, no, no pun intended. They drove home in their sound. Yeah, that very, very repetitive. Yep, a lot of downstrokes. A lot of uh, what's it called? Um. Distortion. That's what the word. Right. And, but garage rock is a that's that stereotype that that sound is is a very sixties sound. Yes, it is very sixties fuzzy guitar kind of. Right. So I think that that was even early mid sixties if you think mm-hmm. about it. So that kind of preceded when you think about it, it preceded the underground sound. Yeah. Or the uh, sorry, Vel- I meant Velvet Underground. Yeah. Said yeah. That. If anyone didn't notice my frequent posting of the alternative love map. Wired posted at one time, but basically it's like this blue map and, you know, people will see it. You can look it up online, but Wired magazine posted and it's just all these alternative bands. Huh. So everyone from alternative, from a Velvet Underground all the way down to Interpol, maybe even Arctic Monkeys. I could be wrong. Maybe oh, wow. that's on there. There's a lot. It branches yeah. out into a lot of different. Right. But, you know, Gang of Four, Joy oh, Division. Gang of Four, Entertainment. Yeah. And I think one thing I'm starting to realize about the way we started this episode, and I'm really starting to get, but it's funny, and I'm very entertained by it. Punk really is an extremely hard to categorize genre. It is. It's very, very difficult. Because like, like I said, it's an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. And you can say something is punk. What makes it punk? Why like is it punk? Talking Heads, they're on, they are an alternative band. There's some punk aspects to it. Yeah. Them. And it's like right, killer. Because they're from New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Now, Patti Smith, she was American, right? I I believe so, yeah. I think she's American. I'm not really too keen on her, honestly. I never really got into her. <laughs> I feel like punk is very hit or miss with people, too. Yeah, you got a lot of diehard fans of bands, like with me, Dead Kennedys and Crass, and mm-hmm. like my go-to punk bands. But then there's a lot where I'm just like, ugh. Like a lot of this stuff, uh, like we were talking about decades and the 90s for punk was a bad, bad decade for punk rock. Wow. So even for like no effects and Pennywise, mm-hmm. you weren't that. Really? That's more when like the oh. pop punk came out and that's when more of the. Uh, okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. I, I think technically pop punk's been around for a while. At yeah. least since the 70s. I think it's been around for a while. Yeah. I think what you're talking about, you, but you mean like the blink kind of. Um, yeah. That's what I'm thinking about that. The California. And, I yes. feel like California is notorious for. Um, <laughs> we are so notorious for that. Aren't Green Day from California too? Uh, yes, they are. Yeah, see? Think. Yeah, we have all the pop punk bands, if, yeah. if anything. Got that California sun, California dreaming. Right, and so I think it's even funnier when you think about it, like, oh, like punk is so anti-commercial, but you get all these bands from like LA, San Diego, but essentially around LA, the Hollywood mm-hmm. scene. And it's kind of weird how commercial yeah, that it's sound. Yeah, very... Yeah. Like commercialized area it's very i think it's ironic yeah, in a lot of ways it's kind of funny like oh they're <laughs> they're in this uh very hollywood-esque area and they're right against hollywood <laughs> <laughs> i know it's weezer but beverly hills <laughs> <laughs> that's where i don't want to go not again um <laughs> yeah it was a mess but bottom line that's a really fascinating thing 
I think the best way to do it is with the the decades, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just let's just do band name dropping. We'll just do that. Okay. For the whole episode, for the remainder of it. Yeah. Huh. I'm drawing wire. a blank. Let's right talk now. about wire. Wire. Let's talk yeah. about wire. Okay. So what's your Pink favorite flag? Stuff? Pink flag. Okay. I think I told you that I felt like the album was a bit overrated. Yeah. Yeah. I we did. I you like uh, missing chairs. A missing lot. chair. Chairs missing. Or missing? Chairs ah, missing? it's chairs missing. Chairs missing. I did the same thing with Mitch <laughs> where I kept inverting. Oh, switching up the words. Ah, why do I keep doing that? It's got, um, it's got X-Lion Tamer on it, I think, right? Yep. And it's got… Yep. Um, well, no, no. Well, well, Pink Flag. We're talking about Pink Flag. Oh, Pink Flag, yes. Yeah, because Chairs Missing doesn't have X-Lion because I always listen to X-Lion Tamer. That's a good song. Yeah. I like how they, the direction they went after those two albums mm-hmm. into more of like a new wavy. Yes, they did. more electronic based. They had more synthesizers. Three, yeah, 19, so it's so 77, 78, and then 79. Yeah. Yeah, just those three records are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the third one, which has 154, yes. the 15th. And there's that one. With I forgot the, the name kidney, of the album, though. Uh, kidney something. What's it? Is it on the third record? It's on the fourth one, I believe. Oh, yeah. See, I'm I not think, too uh, familiar with that one. Yeah, it's got a song on it. It's very, uh, very electronica. Right. Electronic-y. Well, definitely by the third album. They had gotten extremely synthy. Yeah. Which um, is kind of cool how they went in that direction. Yeah, it is interesting. Because it's like, uh, I guess the 80s really affected every aspect of music with the synthesizers. True. So the sound. The synths were like, Didn't oh, everybody. Did you see to the sound? sound? Yes, you did. 1980. Yeah, yeah the That's sound. Great, yeah. Jeopardy. I love them. Yeah, yeah they're cool. 1980. They're very cool. And then uh, even U2 uh, was… That's the thing about punk is, I guess in a weird way, it preceded alternative… But then was there with alternative, but then broke off, but then broke back. I don't, I don't know. I, sometimes I feel like these turns we use, it's really hard to define these so concrete. Yeah. You know? But I guess back to the um, the 1980s. Yes. Alternative definitely maintained a really strong punk theme to it, especially with U2. Yeah. Which is why I like early U2. Oh, yeah. Early U2 is awesome. You know, I, I remember showing you War. War all the time. And you or liked War. war and yeah. you were like, oh, I'm not that big on YouTube. But then listening to War, you're Kinda like… Kind of turned okay. me on more to it. Well, yeah. Because it was no different than the other bands you were listening to. Me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is just going to be puns. <laughs> magazine. We talk about Magazine. Yeah. Magazine. Uh, Real Life. That's a good album. Yep. Got Shot by Both Sides. 1978. Yes. Yes. That is a great album. Even that album has some uh, little keyboard synthy stuff in it. Interesting. And it's got that that cool, like, defining post-punk sound with the keyboards. And you don't have to be the best singer, which is good for me. The worst singers are the best singers of all time. Oh, yes. Easily. It's fun thinking about that. Because like, a lot okay, of these bands Mariah are like, Mariah Carey wow. is cool, but how about David Bowie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I never liked my singers to be perfect. Yeah. I always liked them to have never a little flair nope. that gives it, like, a little bit of off-keyness. Unless you're, like, as eclectic and as zany as Michael Jackson. Something about that is really catchy. Yeah. And I just get… Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's really hard to not… Like, yeah! Like, that whole, like… <laughs> it's just so… um, I don't know, man. There's something about it. But typically, I really like Rough Around the Edges. I like when you sing off-key. I love David Byrne. Hmm. I love… um. It's Talking Heads, right? Yeah, Talking Heads. Yeah. Uh, the Chameleons. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Wipers. Mike Burgess. He's the bassist and the lead guy. I just love his sound. But we have so many bands. Ian Curtis. Oh, Lord Ian Curtis. In silence. Oh, my gosh. Good, bad singers. Yeah, but they just… <laughs> it's the character. And then, Yeah. Lou Reed. Lou Reed, in, in a way, is really… He's like the main character when it comes to the sound. You know? Yeah. He doesn't have the prettiest voice. No. Right? But he has that attitude. And that's Honestly, what makes up for it. Right. It kind of reminds me a little bit… Well, sometimes Bob Dylan, but more so um, Johnny Cash. Yeah. That really rough voice. Rough around the edges. And usually baritone. Gives it character. Yeah. yeah it's usually baritone. Usually, usually baritone. very low. Mm-hmm. And it gives it like that character. that this like… You can't really replicate it. You can try and sound like him, but it's like… It's him. It's, right. It's him. Unapologetically him. Yes. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about, yeah, that kind of singing. I don't know what it is, but sometimes when someone sings off key, but the character is right, it just sounds good. Yeah, it makes up for it. And it yeah, gives- like Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Like, I like the way he sounds, but he's got that, um, he has that uh, Bruce Springsteen sound, which uh, yeah. he overdoes it. But <laughs> The Killers, which I, I love to love and hate at the same time, when I loved them, he wasn't the prettiest singer at the time. I think his voice is great and the tone is amazing, but… 
you know, David Bowie, Bruce Springsteen, which again, a lot of punk rockers have that kind of character to their voice. They're not the best singer. Yeah, singers. like Jello Biafra. He's not the best yeah. singer, but he's got that sound. It is his Back voice. It's his attitude. attitude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's his sound. And then also paired with. Or Iggy Pop. Yeah. Always talks like this. Yeah. Right? <laughs> candy, candy. <laughs> but who did you just say before I cut you off? I totally forgot oh, um, what you just said. No, I was saying uh, Jello Biafra's voice paired with uh, East Bay Ray's like unique guitar playing. That's what made them such a great band. Okay. Is they're like just completely unique. Hmm. And that paired together just added, made this really great band. You know, I don't think punk would be as good as it sounds to me if it weren't for quote-unquote singers, these guys to That's, not have such a character. Even the woman yeah. don't sound that great. The singing in punk is But like it the, sounds good. It's And it's about <laughs> the message too. A lot of it, especially with the political stuff. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if you're a great singer, but if you're singing something that everyone's going to get amped up and mm-hmm. side up, um, be on your side about, then you're, you're already you're a punk singer. Right. You can get them on your side. <laughs> and even you can be a punk singer. <laughs> even you can do it. <laughs> you can do punk. You can buy our book. You can be a punk singer. Volume one. <laughs> Don't be a punk. Buy our book. <laughs> punk. Punk singing for dummies. And that actually is a good point. Is that people have this idea that just because it is supposedly low, um, lower class, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Again, th- there's That's no That's one thing here. that is funny too with it. Right. Is it's considered a very lower class mm-hmm. musical genre. Yes. Like you think of punks, you think of these kids on the side of the street, leather jackets, Which tight pants, and dirty looking. wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I see what you wear, man. You wear like the jackets and all that. I mean, you, you yeah. wear it to a T. You're, you, we really, we all dress the way we listen to. I, I don't care who you are. It's just so funny <laughs> to me how we just, most of I'm us. I'm wearing a shirt with the flamingos on it right now. Right. Oh, well, how do you look? You look like kings of convenience. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely say so. Kings of convenience. They're like, who's that? <laughs> I swear like 15% of you are like, oh, I know who they are. <laughs> yeah. They're that one duo from Nor- Norway. Norwegian. They are from Norway, huh? Yeah. Norway, Norwegian. man. <laughs> yeah. Norway. I thought only metal came out of Norway. Oh my gosh. Oh, why are we always talking about the good things right before we end? <laughs> it's okay. We'll have to touch on those. No, no, no. But we're going to get back to the singing because that's an extremely important part. So yeah. punk typically being associated with the lower class, which in a way it was, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So kind of the rebellious, lower class, whatever you want to call it. People have this idea that you can do it, that anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, they're kind of correct. Yeah. But I have listened to people and I've played with people and they don't really sound that good. And they think that because punk is usually just like two or three chords that they can do it. Yeah. No. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. It, it really is a thing. Like You have to have it in your heart. I mean, in a weird way, yeah. You got to have that anger. You have to have that something to get mad about. It's something like if you feel like you're an animal backed into a corner. Mm. and you're just going to have to lash out, that's when you can write a punk song. Yeah. You can't come out any other way besides that. Yeah, it, it's an, it, it, again, it's I guess a very it goes angry back to, genre. It's very anger driven. Traditionally, is, sure. Yeah, yeah, traditionally. It's got a lot of attitude and a lot of anger. And that's something that makes it more pure hmm. and more, uh, more listenable, I guess. Interesting. Man, I just, I swear, like, I feel like there's a punk band for everyone. Yeah, there could be. Yeah, There's like definitely punk, 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 punk a pet, like you know, like <laughs> punkopedia, like punkopedia. Yeah, like like it's kind of like a neopet, like oh, just put it in your pocket, you know, it's punk for everyone. <laughs> There's a punk band for you. You are a punk band. <laughs> oh man, well we did get really deep into punk, but uh, post. Oh, I almost said post grunge. Actually, you know what? I do want to talk about grunge though. Grunge has a lot to do with punk. Yes, but X-ray specs. <laughs> Oh, X Ray Specs. It's a seventies punk band. Really, really good though. They're so really I need good. to listen to them. Yeah, Is she kind of good. like that? Does she? She's fit got that? a very whiny kind of ah. voice, but uh, it's also very cool. Like, okay, it's almost like as smooth as Billie Holiday. Oh, <laughs> well, that's an interesting combination <laughs> or style, if you will. Yeah. How about Blondie? Aren't they technically punk? I know they're new wave. Uh, Do they technically do some punk stuff? Yeah, yeah. I knew it. And Devo. We talked about Devo. Devo. Oh, yes. Yeah, we were talking about your friend about Devo like forever ago. And we were talking. Wasn't that his favorite band? He was showing me songs by Devo that I'd never heard before. Because I cannot stand Whip It. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I remember we I went hate to his house that song. and he had the record. It drives me mad. Yeah. And I like whippets. I love greyhounds. Stop bringing <laughs> them into it. But I can't stand that song. And <laughs> but he showed me he showed me some uh Devo tracks. The side of Devo that you yeah, didn't and even and know they're existed. Good. They're good. And that's what sucks about sometimes when hits like that, they overshadow like the other stuff that is mm. a lot of the times even better than the hits. Wow, it's so true. Well, Devo is one of those bands where their hits do not touch their um, underground stuff at all. Like, I'm going to have to listen to them and then get back and talk yeah. about them later because they're a really underrated band. Uh, I got to get back to the grunge for a second because okay. I was trying to get somewhere. See, the ADHD does not help. <laughs> so Courtney Love, who a lot of people don't love. I don't love her. No. So it's Courtney Hate. But on that topic, you mentioned that cool female-fronted punk band. I Actually, Six? Yeah. I need to check them out. And then we talked about mm-hmm. Vaughn and then Diva. But now on to Hole. Uh, the Hole the picture. Hole picture, yes. I like that sound of even like when females, when they don't sound good, which means I don't care if it's a female or a male. I just have a thing for that kind of off kilter, really just not talent. I, you could say they're talentless, but it's, I don't think it's talentless. It's just they're not technically, they're not precise. Yeah. There's they're a lack on, of precision there. They're like missing the bar a little bit, mm-hmm. a little flat, a little sharp. But they almost sound, you know how uh, we equate perfection to almost being robotic, mm-hmm. which I don't want to say that's really what it is. But in a, but at least in our world, in our universe, just right here on Earth, we tend to affiliate something being perfect as being more robotic, a little bit inhuman, if you will, yeah. right? But it loses its uh, humanity. Right. But I'm wondering if that's why these bad singers whatever you because they sound say. more uh, human natural and more human yeah, yeah maybe and you can compare yourself to them and right be on the same level unless you're unless you are a, a amazing pop singer then by all means you're not going to compare yourself to them because right, you're going to be an amazing pop singer exactly and and this is why i think i i love um like sonic youth Oh yeah, I, I Kim love Deal. Thurston. Yeah, I like. Thur- I'm always yeah. Thurston. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That was a really good one. Oh, nice. what's the kid? Oh, Kim Deal. Dang it, yeah. I missed it. It's a Pixie's pun. What's the deal? Dang it. <laughs> oh, don't say it. What? Don't say it. It's Kim Gordon. Kim Gordon. Kim yes. Gordon. Oh, that makes me so mad. I always get confused between them too. Kim Deal. Kim, Kim Deal and, and they're Kim both Gordon. bassists. And they're both bassists. Yes. Dang it! But they're not from New York. And one's from New York. Also, and one's um, from Boston. There's also Darcy from Pumpkins. Darcy from Pumpkins. And she's a bass player too. She's a bassist too. So we'll have to talk about bassists another 90s time. 90s and for some reason 90s female bass players. Right? What was the deal with that? What's the, de- what's the, what's what's the, the deal, Kim deal with, with 90s? What's the Kim <laughs> deal with 90s bass players? Well, they're good because they are good. Right, Jeff? No, <laughs> yes. They're, no, they're good. No, they're good. You wouldn't have the world is a vampire <laughs> without Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about Billy My and his, his Billy Gore. Or Corgan. We should have talked about Billy. Billy with Corgan. Corganized it. Ah, uh, so disorganized. <laughs> yeah, disorganized. No, but um, back to Courtney Love with her so-called imperfection. I liked it. it, and I listened to it, and sometimes I'm like, wow, it's extremely whiny. It's not really that good technically, but I like it. Yeah, there's something about it. It, it just, works. Mm-hmm. Um, Sleater Kinney, too. We could talk about that. Oh yeah, She's I don't like got- Bikini Kill like politically. Or yeah. um, even morally, but bands like those for sure. Um, I just have a thing for it because right, girl. of that. Oh my gosh, it's so funny you mentioned that. Oh, would you do you consider Avril Lavigne a part of that lineage of punk? Do you, um, do you think that she counts? Because I feel like she might. She might. I guess like her her her. Good uh, question, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah, she does. Okay, I, I consider her part of it. You're like trying to tread carefully. Yeah, I'm like thinking uh, her music nowadays is not so much. No, 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 no. I'm talking stuff. about, no, we're talking about their iconic moments. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Skater Boy it. era, you mm-hmm. think it counts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like if you're going to induct Blink-182, you absolutely have to induct Avril Lavigne as well. Yeah. But hey, these bands get older and then newer bands, newer blood come to royal blood, come <laughs> to um, take the torch and yeah. they keep moving forward with it. And hopefully they elaborate on it and don't just emulate. Yes. Let's elaborate. Let's not emulate. And that's something that's hard to do with people nowadays is they feel like they need to emulate rather than elaborate. And that makes just copies, carbon copies of bands that we've already heard. Bands that have done that before. Well, who's, I forgot. No. Oh, you like um, Elliot Smith. Yes. Yes. 
I actually do like him. Elliot Smith is my favorite musician I like him. of all time. I do have a Always question. Always will now. be. I want to ask a pressing question because okay. it's cool. How do you feel about his relationship style-wise to the Beatles? Um, you hear it, don't you? Oh, yeah. XO and yeah. Figure Eight. That, those two albums, you can totally hear the Beatles. Like, uh, was it right. Stupidity Tries? That sounds like a total Beatles song. <laughs> right. Like it's, it, it's almost the exact same progression as like a Beatles song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't compare Elliot Smith without comparing him to the Beatles. Naturally. Like he's, it's just, they go hand in hand. But that's good though, because he took a lot of the good things from the Beatles that um, people liked and he put his own little spin on it. His own uh, style of singing and guitar playing. And he did a fantastic job in my opinion. So you don't feel like his parroting was as bad as say, <laughs> Oasis. Yeah. See, he, he emulated, or they emulated, he elaborated, I'd say. Ooh, okay. That's cool. I like that's that. What I, I can think. dig it. But eh, that's my opinion. I, I liked what you're touching on with Elliot Smith. I wanted to elaborate even further. Ah, oh, the Stone Roses. I just got into the Stone Roses. Oh, I, <laughs> it, I never really listened to them that much. Okay. I, I, I like their sound. I think it's cool. I actually really have nothing negative to say about them. People are on their toes waiting for me to say something negative in. <laughs> the most negative I'll say is that some parts were not my cup of tea. But they were actually a lot better than I thought. Hmm. I had this idea that they were going to be just terribly corny and tacky. and They're 90s, right? Yeah, late 80s, early, late 80s, 90s. early 90s. Yeah, had, and they uh, were a lot better than I thought. In fact, I heard a lot of shoegaze elements ooh, nice. in their music, which that's, cool. that's another area we need to talk about. Yeah, later. shoegaze is a good genre of music. <sighs> We're telling you, man, alternative is just like this one huge family of just what? And What's all going crisscrosses, on? which is cool. All crisscrosses. I love how music, like the crisscross of it all, is so interesting to think about how right? it all correlates. It's all related, mm-hmm. but it's all different at the same time. It's different, very cool. Different. Similarly different. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> how's that for podcast name? Huh. That would have been too much. It's okay. Work tip's great. Oh man, I want to talk about adorable because I like adorable too. You like adorable? I don't know what that is. Okay. Well, they're they're very similar to Stone Roses and okay. that sound. I'm telling you, man. Bands everywhere. Just yeah, um, I've been introduced to a lot of new bands in the is past it month. Bullet for my val- bloody my, my, my bloody my, Valentine. My bloody Valentine That's is a shoe gaze. Shoe gaze. Yeah. Oh yeah. See? Ride, okay. No. So I forgot because I I grew up with Devil Wears Prada and all of that stuff. Um, even sometimes Death Cap for Cutie, I kept thinking was like a metal band. Oh, really? Because of the name. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I had Bullet no, for my Valentine. Right. I had no idea they were like this kind of like, are they from Washington? Uh, Seattle? I, I don't know, actually. That's okay. a good question. Well, I had no idea they were like this kind of really artistic indie band. Yeah. I Death didn't Cap know. I, 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 thought they were, I thought they were going to be heavy. Yeah. But even Cutie kind of threw me off. It's okay. Huh. But, um... Talking about Oasis and uh, Elliot Smith, God bless him. There's that guy. Uh, what is her name? What is her name? The Grays. The Grays. Right. Ooh, so, John Bryan's band. Right. Yeah. Okay. So John Bryan. Yeah. Uh, he was Elliot Smith's friend. There you go. Right. And there are similarities between them with yes. the sound. That's why oh, we're yes. bringing him up. I love John Bryan. He's an amazing songwriter. Reminds me of your style a lot. I try to emulate. I can tell. John Bryan and Elliot Smith a lot. I can tell. <laughs> I try a lot. <laughs> Well, I guess that will conclude it, man. I mean, I thought this was pretty good for your first yeah, one on here. I had fun. We'll come at you another time. Thanks for joining us. My name is Isaac Grover, and here I am with Jeff Wolf. All right. Peace out. We'll talk to you another time. Later. <laughs>